This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Not much is bipartisan anymore, including many things that should be. One exception appears to be ethanol, for which opponents and proponents each appear to have allies on both sides of the aisle in Congress. Ethanol biofuel is a constituency-driven controversial issue where opponents and proponents find regional and state representatives to promote their interest in Washington. Iowa U.S. Senators are Republicans and Minnesota Senators are Democrats, and both join forces to promote ethanol. Likewise, coastal Democrats and Republicans joined forces to oppose the renewable fuel standard at the behest of refineries and oil interest wherever they can. Pro-ethanol Democrats fight coastal Democrats, while Midwest Republicans fight oil state Republicans, sparring over pressuring the administrations over biofuel policy. It is a constant battle and it is frustratingly ongoing, unresolved by elections. I was there at the Iowa Renewable Fuels Association Summit to hear Donald J. Trump promise to have the ethanol industries back. He wanted to win the Iowa caucuses and was up against Ted Cruz, who is an oil industry shrill and ethanol industry nemesis. That was exactly what we wanted to hear from Trump, and it was met with positive enthusiasm. The most primarily compelling change to U.S. ethanol policy from his administration was his pro-oil EPA approving 1.5 billion gallons of RFS waivers to refiners, costing corn farmers a half billion bushels of corn demand. In his mind, approval of summer use of E15 was a trade-off for the waivers, but the math did not come close to balancing the two. His EPA administrators and RFS policy hurt us. While he tried to placate RFS interest in Senators Grassley and Ernst, who full-throatedly fought for ethanol, the pendulum clearly swung to the oil interest in his administration policy. In the end, farmers overwhelmingly voted for him anyway. There was no repercussion for his lack of support for biofuel. Not unlike Donald J. Trump, Joe Biden professed full-throated support for biofuel, giving assurances that wide-ranging approval of RFS waivers would not occur in his administration as they did in the previous one. There are 64 RFS waiver requests pending. This is being met with skepticism after recent negative court rulings. Biden's EPA administrator is not a big oil shrill, but he is not a combustion engine proponent either. This administration is pro-EV and will fit biofuel into the program if convenient. President Biden represented East Coast Petroleum Refiners as a U.S. Senator, for which ethanol is a four-letter word. U.S. refiners have had 15 years to adapt to the RFS and instead made the decision to stonewall and look for opportunity to destroy it when they could. They see Joe Biden as that opportunity. Reuters wrote, The quartet of Democratic senators claim a bill would help reduce carbon emissions from transportation fuels by removing volume requirements for corn ethanol while leaving in place obligations for other biofuels and biodiesel. Under the RFS, refiners must blend some 15 billion gallons of ethanol into their fuel each year, a huge boost to the corn industry along with billions of gallons of other types of fuels. These Democratic senators argue that the federal corn ethanol mandate no longer makes sense when better low-carbon alternatives exist. It's time to end the mandate and instead support more advanced biofuels and biodiesel that won't contribute to climate change or drive up the cost of food, unquote. 
Senator Grassley responded on the Senate floor, saying that many of the anti-ethanol bills in the Senate won't go anywhere, but are simply messaging documents. When it comes to the RFS, it is hard to argue that there's ever been a more successful clean fuels policy implemented across the world. Grassley went on to say that the senators who introduced the bill claim the use of corn for ethanol has increased feed and fuel prices as it uses 40% of the corn crop. Grassley shares that in 2014, the Congressional Budget Office looked at the impact of food prices if the RFS was fully repealed and concluded that American food prices would be just one quarter of 1% higher if the RFS was kept in place versus total repeal. Out of a $100 grocery bill, the impact is no more than a quarter. But when you consider that there is a savings of $5 every time you fill up at the gas station due to the RFS, consumers save money overall with the RFS in place. Political? Yes. Partisan divide? No, at least not in the normal context of partisanship. Instead, this is a battle between constituencies that have friends and allies, opponents and enemies in both parties that are pitted against each other. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.